was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. Kia ora and good and oven from RTL Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters, the one and only headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. You're with myself, Nathan Snade, my old pucket, Scott Brown, across with the 16th of April. The weather has been beautiful, a little bit of a shower, I think. Scott, did you, you're up at some footy this afternoon? Did you no get a little rain bit of a up there, my no man? Shade, uh, no rain where you are. Just plenty of a meter beer, bunch <laughs> <of> course, <laughs> Many beers going down. It's our 89th episode, and we're thrilled to have you tuned in for another. Another exciting hour of sports chats and highlights, updates. We've got it all. Now, we've got a bit of a fantastic lineup for today's, today's show. Obviously, we've got our favourite footballing expert, uh, Anthony Perez. That's He's coming in, and we, who's going to be sharing all the latest results and scores um, regarding the domestic footy scene. I know, Scott, you're going to want to throw your two cents in there. Vigio well. League. Vigio League. It was hot up at Hesperance today. But that's not all. We've got two special guests joining us from the world of esports, from Luxembourg esports first up we got El Presidente which I've marked on the screen Mr Joe Hoffman who will be sharing his thoughts on the current state and future of esports in Luxburg and joining Joe we got Sasha Vichel is that right Sasha Vichel did I I nail it Weichel 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 okay not far sorry sorry about him (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to it yeah and Sasha's actually the treasurer treasurer collectively you guys are going to provide us some content about um, esports and boy we're going to throw some uh, we're going to throw some questions at them aren't we oh you better believe it Joe let's cut right to the chase 30 seconds esports how did you get into it go yeah, thanks for having us here. Um, so, yeah, I'm Joe. Uh, my background is I studied marketing and economics. Um, this is I was always in the gaming esports scene, and um, after I finished my studies, uh, I wanted also to get my passion and work in this field, and that's why I started in 2019 uh, my company, um, and afterwards, the year late in 2020, together with uh, other. Um, people on the on the Luxembourgish esports market we founded together the esports federation to develop esports in Luxembourg um, because we thought that this is necessary to to develop the whole market and um, bring it to next level and what about you uh, Sasha how do you how, do, how did you get involved in esports it's a good question first of all thanks for having me um, but uh, I think it was more like uh, it, it sort of developed uh, on its own. Uh, from from little on, I was interested in PCs and computers. I had my first PC, I think, when I was eight or nine, that I like put together on my own. Uh, Nathan, you still couldn't put together a PC, could no, you? I struggled to find the on button, if I'm going to be <laughs> perfectly honest. Oh, well, you know, just message me, I can help <laughs> yeah. you with that, that's no problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I continued on in school uh, going for IT. And the more uh, esports developed in, in the wider world, uh, the more I got interested in it as well. And I think we started playing with friends together in the basement with ISDN lines. 
like the very first game, Counter-Strike 1.5, and worked our way up to what it is today. So basically the last 20, give or take 20 years. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, we'll get into the crux of, uh, of how, how, I guess, gaming firstly has developed and then obviously, you know, the internet, which obviously plays a huge role in that. But before we do that, we're both, uh, you're both genuine burgers here. But your accent isn't as deep as this. How long were you in the UK for? Uh, I worked for a huge uh, company um, that is based from in the UK. Um, so I worked uh, pretty much every day in English for the past uh, 10, 12 years. Oh, there you go. So that's was where quite a few from. times in London. So yeah. Just to uh, just to give you a little uh, a bit of a, a blurb on on what esports is. So um, e- esports essentially turns online gaming into a spectator sport. You know, something we can tune into. Uh, it mimics the experience of watching a professional sporting event, except of w- instead of watching it, obviously they're watching the gamers um, play against each other. And I guess it's one of those. But they look re- they look real these days as well, don't they? Some well, of the, the graphics. The, the, the graphics. They've looked real for about twenty years, mate. You need to get up to speed. I thought they were but, like little Minecraft um, man that we were still <laughs> <laughs> still watching. Um, before um, before we really really dive into this though, is esports limited to only certain games or can you play any sort as long as you're playing against each other online is that esports yes that is basically one of the definitions of what esports is it needs to be uh, competitive in nature and as long as you can like play together whether you're in brazil or uh, in germany it really doesn't matter as long as you can play together uh, it's it's or against each other it can be considered esports, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, no, normally on this show, before we, as I said, before we get into it, we like to start with a segment which is on this day. Yeah. Okay. E- exactly. There's a few things going on this day today. Um, on the 16th of April in 2003, Washington Wizards Michael Jordan plays his final game in Philly, where he received a three-minute standing ovation. Do you think you're going to get a three-minute standing ovation for your final game down at the down at the Bog and Volver Don Scott? I doubt that. I may have already played my final game. Yeah, so I think I've missed that boat. <laughs> you missed it. But um, uh, more isn't it funny though? I, I don't want to be the, the the bearer of bad news and negative about it, but like you know, Michael Jordan was an amazing player um, and is still you know revered. But you don't hear it talked. You know, you know, he obviously had his his peak at the Bulls. You know, when they won all those championships and stuff. But you don't hear about the the time at the Wizards at the end, do you? That's never mentioned. No, no. Well, you hit the, he went to the uh, Boston Red, uh, no, not Boston Red Sox. Where did he, um... Baseball, let's just yeah, say yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah, baseball, baseball, no, but also, I'm sure it was Boston Red could, Sox. Could have been. But he, he, I mean, we knew that he had that stint and then he came back, I'm not yeah. sure if he came back to the yeah, Bulls, he but did, yeah, he did well, come it, was, back to it the surprised Bulls, yeah. me when it was Washington Wizards. I wouldn't have guessed that as, um, yeah. as the last team, but it was only in 2023, only, it's 20 years ago, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also on this day, in 1900, was the fourth Boston Marathon went won by Canadian Jim Cathery in a race record of 2:39, which I thought is pretty quick for back there in, in 19. They didn't yeah. have those. Um, they didn't have the Nikes and things that we're wearing no, today. And 120 years later, you've now got fellas who are trying to trying to do it in two hours, which is some going. Um, 20, well, tell this, us, this, this year, this well, this year is actually the 10. 2023 is actually the 10 year anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing. I don't know if you've a, if you 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 remember that or if you've seen the film Patriots Day with Mark Wahlberg. 
It's only taken me a few minutes to mention a film. I love my films. Um, but it's at, worth, definitely, definitely worth watching. I, you know, it's absolutely, well, it's horrible what, what those, those people went through. And that's obviously 10 years since that happened. Um, but um, it's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty hardcore to think that someone would, you know, when we talk about sports, you know, whether it's esports or whatever kind of sports, it is certainly about that community feel and bringing people together and, and something, you know, something cowardly like that, unfortunately, abuses, abuses what all those people are. to the you know. highest order. Staying, staying in Boston and staying on the marathon in 1906, which happened to be the 10th Boston Marathon, it was won by an 18-year-old Tim Ford in two hours 45, and he actually became the, or is, is the youngest race winner. But uh, a couple of other points or two other points to um, touch on. The first major marathon, or the, um, the Boston Marathon was the first major marathon um, to include a wheelchair division. So uh, I knew that they did the wheelchair, but I actually I thought it was after the after the bombing, but that's not the not the case. And also on top of that, Roberta Gibb was the first woman to f- um, to finish um, yeah to finish the marathon, but she actually did three of them. And on, on all occasions, we've mentioned this in the, in yeah, the past yeah, on yeah. one of the shows, Scott. She actually hid in the bushes because she wasn't allowed to compete. She wasn't, wasn't allowed to compete, so she had to uh, she had to jump out of the bushes, and she she did complete it. Um, but uh, at the time, it was the Amateur Athletics Union, the AAU. They hadn't formally accepted participation of women in long-distance running. And those archaic rules, they changed in 1971, which, to be fair, doesn't actually seem that long ago either. Going going back into that, the annals of history as well. 1929 was the first year New York Yankees were the first team to let you put your number on the back of your jersey. It's something we take for granted in sport these days, isn't it? Well, it's all part of, pro- part of promotion. Yeah. The number, whatever number it might be, you know, the number seven or the number ten shirt in football. Arthur Ashe retires from professional tennis. Tell me, Nathan, who's Arthur Ashe? Arthur Ashe, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Mate, he's even got the stadium, uh, the uh, um, Arthur Ashe Stadium at the Flushing Meadows, isn't it? There you go. Um, uh, unbelievable. Coming back, staying on, um, coming back to Michael Jordan, he starts and he finishes. 1987, he became the second NBA player in history to score 3,000 points a season. So that was on this day in 1987. Now, we've got to wish a big happy birthday to 76-year-old Kareem Abdul-Jubba, the American Basketball Hall of Famer centre. He won six NBA champions, NBA Finals MVP in 71 and 85, and six NBA MVPs as well. And he was also a 19-time NBA Recently, obviously, had his points record uh, beaten there by LeBron James, but gents, thank you for listening to that intro there. Before we get into it, I'm just going to give you a, a bit of background here. So in 1980, this was the first nationwide Space Invaders competition, which was held in obviously the USA. 10,000 participants took place and a years later, they competed in the surprisingly cutthroat Donkey Kong tournament. Oh, that was good. I remember Donkey yeah. Kong. That warms so my we're, heart. We're rolling back the years. Actually, on the subject of films, have you seen the new one about Tetris? Not yet. No, oh, well, it's good. It's good. It's good. We're not going to talk about it now. So obviously, we spoke about how you uh, you both um, you both got involved, and um, your background outside of the esports is IT. The IT is, and you are marketing. 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 Okay, they go hand in hand. Did you play any other more? Oh, I don't want to sound out of line when I say this. Did you play any other sports growing up before you got into this? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, pretty much everything there is there. Like basketball, football, tennis. Uh, well, not tennis. Like uh, what's this? Badminton, uh, volleyball. Uh, because I love sports as well. Um, but it's just like it's not 
so much a passion as esports. Yeah. You're both you're both Diffidange boys. So you're from the from the area or from the sporting sense of excellence in Luxembourg. I mean there's a lot going down there. Not only is Lunex University down there, but there's a lot of you know if if you listen to the basketball, football, there's loads. Um What about you? Did you play? What what other sports did you play growing up? Uh, I was doing cycling. I was uh, also doing football. I play a bit of squash currently. Oh, you keep him up uh, here. Yeah, there we go. You're a heavy boy. They can come back, huh? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But do you, but do you? Where did you did you play? All play your sports in Diffidange as well, or you played? No squash. I do, for example, with friends. I go go to to the center and yep. just play. Um, Not top squash though. He said the centre, he said it just perfectly. There's no marketing can be done no on this PC. radio show. Okay. Rich radio show I'm just trying friend. to big you up, mate. I'm just trying to big you up. Um, so let's 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 cut to the chase here, okay? So you've obviously got your... I'll break it down into its simplest terms. You've, you've bought your game. You want to play it online, whatever that may. I mean, obviously the first one that jumps out to you is something like Call of Duty or FIFA. Now, initially before getting into eSports, is it just a case of playing online and, you know developing your reputation and your score over time or do you actually as soon as you get it join an esports league and that's you involved in it straight away i I think what's important to say already is in the first place you need to do the differentiation between gaming and esports tell me oh okay um didn't realize there was a difference there we go so basically if i explain i always say it like this um if you play games on a weekend with friends uh, as fun you are not an esports athlete, but if you the same like if you do play football with friend on the weekends on on a, on a field just for fun, you are also another foot, a footballer. Um, but then if you develop, you want to to improve yourself, then you get into leagues, you get into teams, then you are going the esports world. That's so a- basically, the the audience, the gaming audience, is the target audience of of the esports uh, industry, but. Um, still there needs to be a differentiation between both. So it's almost when we we talk about sport in general, you might say the four of us going down and kicking a football around. Yes, we're playing football, but that would be more like leisure, recreation. Yeah. We're, not, we're not licensed. No. Yeah. We're, not, we're, we're not licensed. Yeah. Uh, licensed player. Yeah. So, you're, so you, you're playing, le- you've got your leisure and your recreation. It could be something as simple as waking up one morning and deciding to go for a run with friends or something yeah. like that. So that would be gaming. Yes. So what? How? in, in simple terms, the difference between esports is you have trainings together or, or how does that work? Yeah, you want to improve yourself. You get into competitions. You want to compete against others to, to get at a higher level because this is the same like in, in, in football. The goal is always to compete, to win, to get better, to get perhaps in a better team and to win again and to develop yourself. And I think that's the very important difference between gaming and esports. So you, you, call them, you call them teams, not cl- clubs. Is that right? Or do you have, I mean, if, if, I wanted to, if, I just, if I wanted to play for a team, would I not go down to my, or oh, no, you don't go down, I guess you can probably do it from home. How, do you, how, do I, how would I affiliate myself? There's a there's a difference um, because in, in in esports you can be a team or you can be a, a team of an organization. Okay. Uh, and and you know if you want to really go serious, you look for an org organization uh, with your team. And if you're doing like I want to play seriously, but I'm not going to be top notch. I'm just going to have a team and we're going to play as a team and that's it. 
we're not gonna go full commitment on it and like nutrition and and really training and coaching and mental we're not going to do that we're just going to play and then you stay as a team otherwise you go for an org so when you're when you're sort of differentiating between you know the the top level and the, i guess the lower more participation level is that just a case of the hours you uh, you put in essentially as, as a group Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It really comes down to how much time do you have per day to to really devote to your passion. Uh, but it's also what is also important is if you want to develop and you want to get better, it's not only playing, sitting in front of the monitor and no. playing the game. Like then you have to to analyze your games. You have to the same like in in other professional sports. Like yeah. you have your uh, sessions on the field and on the, on the other side, yes, anal analytic sessions. Yeah. You you work out in the gym. Um, you watch out what you eat. And, and the mental health part is also very important. Um, and if this is also, if you want to develop, this is also an essential part where you need to improve to also get better. I mean, I'll be, I'll be completely honest here and say I, I was completely ignorant to that. I just assumed it was just a case of just racking up the hours. But that's really interesting to hear that it's broken down and it is essentially more professional. You know, I think you can get hung up on that word professional just because it's professional there's a little bit more than just getting a bit of money for uh, for doing what you uh yeah what, what you obviously fatigue love. would be the first thing that comes to my mind i mean particularly we know if we've been driving for a long period of time we need to take out we need to take our rest so mm -hmm. making sure that we had the right let's say the right foods to, to keep our energy levels to keep our concentration levels up that must be Yeah, that, that has to. It must impact a, a performance of a player. I'm sure. Definitely. I mean, I, I know of of my own uh, teams that you know, compete in, in tournaments that start on a Friday evening, and they they continue until Sunday evening. Uh, yes, there is a break in the night, obviously, um, but uh, at the end of the day, during a weekend, they can rack up up to twenty twenty six hours of play. Wow. And um, I think it's fair to say that that sort of amount of time isn't uh it's more mentally taxing than physically taxing with something like that yeah. yeah 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 i think it's both back back in 2020 when i had my team also we worked for example we had the pro first professional esports team in luxembourg where everyone also also get good paid um to play here and for example we we worked with a psychologist to to also get them into in the position where they can handle situations, for example, because what's important is, for example, in Counter-Strike, you have 15 seconds between rounds to get to do a reset. You lost a, a pretty close round. Next round, you need to have a reset and start from the beginning. So you have 15 seconds to get this reset. So on the professional level, what you do, you have psychologists that are working a lot on breathing, breathing techniques. So um, because... These techniques help you to get this reset in 15 seconds, but it's it's nothing that comes from from one moment to another. It's working. It's working together with psychologists to get at the situation where where it works. Also, I mean, it's one of those things. The more the more often you're exposed to it, the the more conditioned you become. You know, the you know, you joke around about going to the dark places. You know, when we're training and stuff like that. And the whole point of training well and training properly is so that when you compete you are in the best condition in the best and give you the best possible uh, possible um outcome how often are the guys training or playing a, a, a week or let's say how much training a week um it's completely dependent really on on what the level is the team is playing on uh if we go like a a, a very serious 
aspiring to be professional team, they are going to be playing around four to five times a week for sessions up to six hours uh, or even more. Uh, and um, that is totally normal. They, they take three hours to play, three hours to analyze. And on the weekends is uh, mental uh, training with psychologists. Uh, and then that just continues and they try to improve. Is it always against other people or can you, can you do it against the computer as well? You can train against computers, yeah. but basically the most tournaments are against most tournaments are against other other people i'm just saying that because you know you've got the whole thing about ai nathan loves his ai at the moment don't you boss no it's how i i love it i'm a little uncertain about it and i yeah so i've i've, I've put it on and I've, I've i've written to the into the google chat gpt um it, it, so that's all that's obviously the, the, the yeah. nature of something like this um because of the internet do you only compete from luxembourg or do you travel to different countries to compete as well or for example, so basically what the Federation does, um, if we now speak about the Federation, um, we are looking to get the best players from Luxembourg from the national teams um, because we are officially recognized from the IESF, EF and GF, so the international and European federations. And then we travel with them to different places to play also uh, on, on these locations. For example, last year in December, we were in Bali at the World Championships. We were also in December in Istanbul at the Global Esport Games. We were last year, Sasha was in Baku. Um, I yeah. was in Podgorica. We were in Oradea. So we travel with, with the best Luxembourgish players, yeah. athletes, and um, get them to an international stage because this is also important. You can be good, but then you need to play not only online, you need to play LAN, and this is a whole different thing. Mm. We have um, Ivan Nilsson, the best FIFA player in Luxembourg, for example. He qualified for London last year, he qualified for London this year. And you see also, for him, it was the first offline experience against the big names. So, and the first time it was difficult for him, but. This is also something you need to improve on. You need to learn this. So just to jump in, the difference is that obviously you compete on via the internet, but when you're saying LAN, that's like me playing on this computer and you playing on that computer. Yeah, this is, is offline on the same yeah. location. Okay, for those, and, and, for those, you know, for the terminology so out they, there, I don't they know. take this saying they take this the the I mean, is the, the computer they're using is I guess supplied by yeah, this yeah, is supplied. I mean, what what else do they need? They need the I mean, so joystick. I'm basically, say, what I'm you <laughs> what you bring to the location is always. Whether it be FIFA, then you bring your own uh, controller, um, yeah. your headset, because these are things where you directly have on your, on your, on yourself. Yeah. Um, if you are a Counter Strike player, you bring your mouse, you bring your, your keyboard, your mouse pad, your headset. Um, so, okay, but so the PC bring, and the, the monitors are always uh, all, all connected. And what about the kit? Are they wearing? The, the, they they. Have you ever Luxembourgish flag on these boys? Yeah, they have the Luxembourgish jersey. Um, if they represent uh, the Luxembourg Esports Federation, so we have a new jersey, um, and yeah, cool B band bandana. No, no back, bandana. Back, back, but uh, back, for this camp. year, we face have paint a like face that. Paint, huh? Face paint, yeah. <laughs> Bit of intimidation. Um, obviously, it's fair to say that esports has boomed, hasn't it? Sort of over the last, I guess, fifteen to twenty years, and is that purely? down to the technology available or is it just again 
just more and more sports being available? It's it's a mixture of both, but I think the biggest like if there is something I need to name that is responsible for the biggest boom in esport history, it's COVID. Whether you like it or not, COVID made the uh, the industry explode. Yeah. In 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 between. And rightly so, you know. Six months, it grew over one hundred and twenty percent, and that's yeah. Everybody was stuck at home, right? Yeah. And then even us, our generation of the the thirty-ish year olds, you know, they remember to what did I do when I stayed at home like ten years ago or fifteen years ago? Oh yeah, yeah, there was a game. Now what's today? Okay, well let's try. And so they they started gaming again and they got into esports again. And so a lot of people came back from where they started at some point, gave up because of family or work, and then just joined back in. Back in. Yeah, I think this is this is also very true for all the sports simulations um, because they had the biggest boom also during COVID. Because, for example, racing simul- simulations, you saw because there were no race races, mm-hmm. so everyone went to racing simulators. Also, the pros in the in the in the scene. So this had a very very big boom. But there you see now again the shift again to the to the traditional sports to the racing. Uh, so this is declining again. But I think what's also important to mention is that the Gen Gen Z is um, has as first generation has um, video games as their main form of entertainment. Yeah. So you see also a shift in the in the generations that playing video games getting more popular is now the most popular form of entertainment, and this also uh, goes into esports because. Gaming is the still the the target, uh, the audience of, of esports. Did you ever play it at your at your home with your brother Scott? Games, yeah, mate. I used to play. There's one game I used to play, and it was called, I think, called an art. It's, well, no, it's not RP, what uh, role playing game RPG. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that right? Yeah, and it was called Baldur's Gate. Have you ever heard oh, of this hell game? Yes, huh? Of course. Yes. Who hasn't? Yeah. <laughs> and there's, so there was basically, they did two of them, which were really good. And then unfortunately they killed it by making it third person. I think the third one, but it's like you have your, you have your screen and you, you build your party and you go around and just, yeah, just get experience, build up. And then you go and take on the bad guys and stuff. Very, very addictive. But there was a spin-off of it, of it called Icewind Dale as well. Mm-hmm. Now I, I can't have it on my laptop. I can't have it because you're. you're yeah, I know you're, you're, I'm, I'm. I'm addictive to that sort of thing. I have a. I used to have a PS4 in the house. I can't have it. I just because of the nature of what I. Uh, you know, I'm obviously working in schools and stuff like that. Um, I, I just know what I'm like. You know, it'd be like, oh yeah, one more game, one more game, one more game. But when uh, randomly talking about COVID, um, I played in a sevens tournament out in Dubai. Um, lucky enough to go out there a couple of times, but I actually flew out and got covid so i was stuck in my room on my own for 12 days and mate i'm telling you that game took a hammer in <laughs> i could happily sit up till four five six o'clock in the morning because like oh all you got to worry about is you knock at the door for your bag full of uh full of un- unflavored food you know so yeah um i i'll start playing it again when you know when i retire i'll start playing again but i'm i'm i have that sort of obsessiveness when it comes to these sort of things you know there's yeah i'm sure you boys know yourself there's times you've been playing something and you turn around and be like oh it's half three in the morning i should probably be in bed you know but um yeah it's just it's just uh yeah very very cool game for anybody listening
getting out there if you're if you're ever stuck in a hospital for an extended period or something like that. Get, you took me back on uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey yeah. Kong for me was the one <sighs> on, on, a, on a little device where I'd play for hours. But we only had one in the house, so if you, and if you lost, you had to give it to your brother or your sister. And so we're never interested in watching watching them play Donkey Kong. We just hope that they lost really quickly. Can so you, we came to around to our turn. Imagine I had just another one. We uh, I was chatting to one of my brothers about this the other day. We had uh, we got the PlayStation Two when that was released. And has you ever played a game called Grand Theft Auto, Nathan? No. no, probably not. Well, this used to be basically, I guess you'd call it, 2D. would you call it 2D? Yeah, yeah, the first two were 2D. So you're basically like on top and you drive around the streets doing all the missions and stuff. Amazing. And then PlayStation 2 came out and that's when they changed it to third person. And the Grand Theft Auto 3, when it came out, was a, was a real, I guess, pioneer with that sort of thing. And so we got bought this Christmas Day. Well, I've got three younger brothers, and it was basically half an hour, and then someone would go on too long, and it was <laughs> it was all kicking off. And what would normally happen is you get your half an hour, and then you try and sneak back down to the house to play on it. But oh, it was it was absolute. Chaos. So, is is Grand Theft Auto, for example, would that be playing that game? Is that is that esports or not, or would it have to be actually a sport? Would you have to be playing? No, FIFA basically, or? as a game, it's it's not. It's not a real esports game. It's okay. because ba- mainly it's, a, it's also RPG. Um, it's um, but it's not competitive esports. It's it's game. it's almost like, standalone, like, isn't it? Can, you don't do yeah. it. You don't. You can play it online, yeah. but you don't really. Yeah, play it you online. have exactly. you have parts where you can compete against others, but the whole game I would not classify it as an esports title. No, okay. correct. Yeah. Just uh, obviously we, we're jumping around here a little bit. Have you got any big events that you'll be hosting in Luxembourg for, for esports coming we up? We hosted yesterday the gaming day in uh, Chiflanche. Uh, big success. Uh, a lot of people ca- came by. It's, it's an event that we're doing every that we are doing every year Yeah, where it's supposed that everyone so a family can come by and pe- the Kids have something to play, but also the grandparents have something yeah, yeah, to yeah. play. It's it's the yeah, beauty of sport, isn't there? I'm I, I don't believe I, when people say I hate sport, uh, that's not really true. You just haven't had a sport. You you enjoy playing, and I'd imagine it's again it's the same with with uh, with yourselves. You know, I'm sure there's something that sort of fits everybody, isn't it? Yeah, because if you look at statistics, for example, uh, nearly even at the age of 55 to 60, uh, more than 65% are playing video games. So it's not something that matters where age or, or gender matters. So yeah. everyone plays. But like my this mom. is gaming. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's been playing, uh, what's it called? Candy, Candy Crush. Crush. Yeah. <laughs> For the past, I don't know, five, five six, seven years. They love it, like, don't they? They can't get off that. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. can you move it? Can you shift I mean, on anything else? Let's no, say no. as it is. No, Candy sure. Crush is a rip-off of Tetris, okay? The Tetris is the original. <laughs> sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she played also Tetris. There you go. Yeah. 20 she, years ago. Da, 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 interesting how mums and grandmas, they still stay on the same game. Yeah, yeah. True to it. Like, they love it. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. All right, so you and I are, uh, we're all playing a game, the, f- the four of us. We're on, on the on the land, for example. Anyone get, gr- you know, and, and let's say we're playing FIFA and I think you've pulled off a, a dirty tactic. Any 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 grumpiness, any throwing of the headphones, throwing a, uh, not the bagar, I guess you could probably call it, yeah. uh, any, any, any tantrums? I mean, it happens, but very rarely because... Like ninety nine percent of the, the the athletes, they really do know that you have to play by the rules, and if you do not, well, that was the last time you've been there. Yeah, it, it's extremely strict. Um, 
I, I would even go as far as saying it's it's more strict than, for example, uh, Premier League. Rightly so, because oh, ultimately yeah, that's... that's you're saying it like that. We, we sort of touched on recreation and leisure, but ultimately that's what make our, a sport a sport are the, the regulations that... Yeah. Um, you know that are uh, that are in place. Um, obviously, we always like, like we always joke around about the fight in the Bagara and that sort of stuff. But what is your favourite game to play? Counter Strike. Yeah. And what about you? You can't say Baldur's Gate, mate. All right. Uh, no, it's not Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Sorry, there is a better RPG. What? Yes. I'm not hear a bad word said about that game. <laughs> no, go on. I mean, oh God, that's so difficult. <laughs> uh, I'd say esports-wise, it's going to be Rocket League. Uh, and uh, gaming-wise, it's going to be Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, it's my passion. Yeah. I learned English through Final Fantasy. There you go, educational. Educational, 100%. Yeah. Scott, you were talking just earlier about the golf and it's, it's been raised on... Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was something that was brought to our attention. I guess it was the tail end of last year, but it's something that McElroy and Woods, I believe, are working on at the moment is to essentially create... Um, let, let, the one downside, and one downside to going and watching the Masters is having to firstly hike around the course, and obviously get limited access to see your, you know, your favourite player. You might only catch a glimpse of them. So I believe there's this concept that's going to essentially take place in a American football stadium, but has the golfers, you know, all these top golfers, um, you know, playing playing the holes as a simulator. So it'd be interesting again to see if. Uh, See if something like that takes. I don't know if you've heard of heard of that being thrown around. I, I read read about it, um, but it's it goes a bit in the direction what also the the IOC is doing with the virtual games, the esports series. So where they take traditional sports and tra transform it into a sort of esports. But, but what's important to say there is that this is not the same audience um, that you are touching there because if you're taking the traditional sport and you then do we do it digital? You are targeting more the the traditional audience than the than the esports audience. Mm -hmm. Because also, if you look at the at the esports market, um, sports simulations are less than um, have less than ten percent of the whole market share of the esports sector. So all sports simulations that's scary. together. That's scary to so, bring that stat up because you would make yeah. the assumption that the big one would be something like FIFA, no, or no, uh, or the not. or the old. Pro Evolution Soccer back in the day, but it's it's really cool to hear that it's not actually the case. It is these other these other different uh, different games. Um, we we I'm looking at the clock here. This is the problem. The time flies. Just quickly, we touched on. I was having a scroll on Instagram later, and I said to you, "Oh, was the Luxembourgish football team playing esports?" But that's a completely different branch, is it? Or how does how does that work? The that you play, you essentially play football for Luxembourg, but as a as a gamer. Yep. So. There we have the one of the problems or the challenges of esports is that the esports does not. Or FIFA, for example, has FIFA as as their their regulator. So yeah. FIFA is deciding who will who will be responsible for for the FIFA part in Luxembourg. So, and as essentially what they are doing is they take the football federations to be the the responsible part in in Luxembourg. Ah, so that's what we've seen advertised where we've seen some of these clubs competing. That's yeah, a, that's almost so, under the under the FIFA yeah mm, what, umbrella. For example, what we did in 20, 2020, we as federation went to the 
football federation and asked them to do a project together, the current e-league. Um, we founded to, together with them the e-league. Um, but, and there you see, see the challenges because what they told us is we can do it, yes, but we will not pay anything you will need to find a sponsor for it and you will need to do everything. So on the one side, they want to have a share of it, but on the other side, they don't want to, to pay for it. Don't invest um, so, yeah. And this is an essential part. And this is also one of the, the challenges that we have to, have to face for the future is that um, you hear it also in the podcast with sports minister. Um, it seems that traditional federations are currently um, lobbying to get their share of the esports industry uh, in the Ministry of Sports because basically at the end all comes back to the money. Everyone yeah. wants to have, have yeah, a share yeah, of sure. the money. Everyone wants to have a share. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, gents, right. we're I just... Wanna, uh, I want to know what... I want to know what these guys are, you know, 90,000 seat stadium. Oh, okay. So there we go. You, you boys make it to the big time. You're... You two are playing each other in the final of whatever game. We'll not get into whose game. The final of Baldur's Gate. Let's just say that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> um, but if you part part of the, uh, I guess, the, the, the atmosphere of playing at these big sporting events is building up the crowd, what music would you come out to? If you could have, you probably get about 45 seconds to walk out whilst they announce you. What music would you be coming out to? You know, Eminem. Eminem. Eight mile. Eight Lose mile. yourself. Pretty much. It's already done. Boring. <laughs> right. What have you got? Also have been my choice. No, but, uh, boys, come on, you're killing uh, me. No, here. I have another one. There's uh, one of my favorite songs in my childhood. Uh, Evangelist Conquerors of Paradise. Oh, pretty good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I know that one. Nathan's got a couple so of questions for you. I've got a couple you. of questions for you. So you're going out and you're competing in your. You're competing on the day of the competition. Are you socks up or are you socks down? Socks well, down. So you're a socks down man? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Scott sometimes got socks up and socks down and sometimes he's got the versatile, the only versatile uh, athlete, socks down. Yourself? Yeah, probably too. Yeah, yeah Joe Hoffman. Doc. That didn't if I had to take a punt on it, it didn't surprise me. Just one thing there, Scott. Before we close, we we, we we close off and uh, on the on the um, interview, let's say we're going to have a party, and you boys are invited. But the request is is that you wear something sporting to the party. Okay, some some people obviously would like to wear the Michael Jordan twenty three. Boring. What are you guys wearing to to our party? One sporting item. My own team's jersey. Sensible, straight bat. I will represent the federation. <laughs> From the president himself. Well played, well played. Here we go. There's a bit of a banger here. This is what I come out to, a bit of Limp Biscuit, huh? Gents, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back after this with the uh, International Sports Roundup and the BGL League. Take it easy. Definitely be a DJ, mate. Definitely be a DJ. Uh, Scott Brown back here, Nathan Snade. I've got Anthony Perez here. Uh, just a couple of things. We're just going back to our competition winner for the uh, for the American football, Dulon Steelers. 
Beautiful right shirt. Where was it? We don't, we don't bring in the office. Yeah. But we, we leave it in the. Uh... It's my friend Martino. He's listening in. You've won. I'll be in comms about how you can collect your shirt. Well done. Thank you for taking part in our competition. And also, we were just chatting to the fellas there as they were finishing things off. They are looking for female esports athletes. So if you are listening in or you know somebody who would be interested in that sort of thing, please do reach out to them. You can reach out to them via their Instagram and obviously their Facebook page. But obviously, Anthony Perez has joined us here. Yes, um, he's obviously going to give us uh, the lowdown on the BCL League, but I am obviously going to throw my 50 cents in as well. Oh, Save yeah. that game till last, mate. Go well, on. Last? Okay. Mate, I actually, I've actually seen a couple of big results there this weekend, but Mr. Perez, off you go. Okay, so I want to start with that game, so I'm going to keep it for the last moment. But the BCL League, we had some interesting games. And we had uh, Petosh against Sindakorn. A lot of people, or some people complained that every game was played at the same time. So Hasbro against Sindakorn, they complained why why didn't wasn't played like one day before or yeah. a bit later in the evening, so people could watch both uh, top games. But anyway, and it was the game to, for Petosh to keep themselves into, into the race for Europe, and they took Sindakorn at home, and. The mission was failed as the hosts lost 2-0. Eduard Filet and Myron de Almeida were both the goal scorers. And it looks like Titus have to hope that Niederkorn or Dullanche win uh, the Coupe de Luxembourg so they have so they have the chance to uh, get the qualifications because Niederkorn and Dullanche are from the top three and uh, about Hasbrunch I'm coming to this later because yeah I have to talk about the cup as well because there was some surprises exactly one surprise but also some interesting uh, highlights but back to the BGL League we have Atzala against Jeunesse I'm talking about this game because... Because you said Atzella were going down, but they picked up three <laughs> points today, didn't they? I saw that. I saw it pop up three for, for the listeners out, out here, you know already, I can't... I, I shouldn't start betting. <laughs> I would lose a lot of money. I to get three points. They got three goals. Yeah, yeah. Three goals against Genes Ash as they climb up in the 15th place. And are now one point away from relegation playoffs and four from a safe spot. I believe the most realistic uh, and... Is they gonna um, get themselves into the playoffs? Because I don't see Fola going down. So I guess Atzala gonna play the playoffs and Cashing still waiting with Hosta for the first win of the year. They're gonna go. I, I'm gonna say nothing. You know what? I'm gonna say nothing. I'm <laughs> you gonna can't pick it. Just report, mate. Don't pick and choose. But. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay neutral. Uh, what was that? Uh, yeah, and they leave and they leave the the last spot to US Hostart. For for whom it's becoming dramatic after their two 0 loss against Stresen, because they they have they haven't won a single game this year and only scored five goals in the last ten league games. That's it's not looking good. That's that's dramatic. That's dramatic. Even even the even when they changed the trainer, they got Harry Bossy back. The trainer always managed to keep them to, into the Bijer League. Even he can't help. I don't I don't know who can help Hosa this season. That's kind of crazy. And I'm gonna go a bit quicklier to the other games to talk about the cup and the women's a bit later. We have Monterey against Racing and Racing grab a small win as they won one nil and kind of keep themselves into the into the race for Europe but they're still nine points behind Petosh and if Petosh keep their good form they're gonna they're gonna keep their fourth place we have Fola as I said the most consistent team of the league they lost 2-1 to Wills who actually played a very good season Wills that's kind of surprising they played very good second part of the season 
Then we've got Diffidence who crush Mondorf 4 0 and Mondorf cashing 1 1. And yeah, about the standings. But before I go to the standings and before I talk about the cup and the women, I have to close the BGL League news with Hersporsch against the launch. You give it, give it large, Scott. Oh, You're up I there, buddy. I was up there, mate. What a cracking level. I think they'd uh, put something in place where the juniors could all come down and watch for free. I would say there were about 1,500, 2,000 people down there. It was absolutely heaving. I'll probably get told there was only about 800 down there. I thought it was rammed. Both sides, absolutely rammed. Um, Mate, it, I obviously wrote a few notes, but the start of the game looked very, very nervous between the two teams, as you can imagine. A lot of physical challenges. I thought the referee, from as an outsider, thought the referee didn't manage it well at all. Um, a couple of boys getting chopped and nothing, nothing being done about it. Uh, Hesperon's obviously nicked a goal, and then our former guest Philip Boych nicked one just before half time, uh, about forty-two minutes. So it was one-one at half time, and then. Yeah, it looked like, I mean, Hesperons look like a real counter-attacking team, you know, you look like you're attacking and a couple of times they just turn the ball over, bang, and they can go the length of the pitch. You've got some quick boys who who, uh, who did really well. Um, yeah, they came out, nicked, uh, nicked, a, nicked a goal, nicked another one, and then I think it was pretty much 80 minutes, you know, you're 3-1 up. Uh, uh, it was actually the, we were in the 70th minute when it was 3-1. All right. Sorry, no problem. Uh, I was just too That's excited. Yeah, here. so seventy minutes. So you're thinking twenty minutes to go, two goals up. You're thinking, yep, here we go. Hesper get one, then get another, and then get another four three. Game over. It was. When did they get the what? What, what minute did they get the fourth? They got three goals in nine minutes. The two three from Ryan Phillip in the seventy third. Then the the equalizer in the seventy six from Ryan Phillip, and then from Dominic Stolz in seventy ninth minute the four three against his ex club. If you know Dominic Stolz played for Dillonch for a few years, like three four years. Uh, he played with them in the Europa League. Oh, okay. And then yeah, it's very it, it had to be him. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a cracking game as a you know. Obviously, my first taste of Luxembourgish football was watching uh, Mondorf against Diddling last week. But then going down there, really cool to watch. Beers, three euros a bottle. Not too bad, you know. Uh, uh, 33? Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad at all. Bumped into, you know, Joe brings the little ones to squash. Yeah. So rugby league. I from up north. So I say we were probably the two, the, the, probably the only two English speakers there. But yeah, great set. The pitch was immaculate. Pitch is cracking up there. Uh, yeah, I was very impressed. Great to see both teams, and I think that basically seals the deal for Hesperance, Does it? It's a good question. We are five five games before the end of the season. If Hesperance doesn't do. How many points are they clear now? Six points clear. Six yeah. points clear. And they, but, and and they got a better goal difference. So yeah. Hesperos had to have to get seven more points than Hesperos. Yeah. You know what I'm done? Here's I'm a quick question for you. Let's, uh, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Let's say Hesperos win the title. Yeah. They go into the which European qualifier? Champions League. Okay. If, uh, do, so Dudelange will go initially into the Europa League qualifiers? No. Conference League. Ah, okay. it's, it's kind of complicated, but the first goes to Champions League and the second directly to, directly to the Conference League. Oh, okay. But what happens if you win the Lux Cup? Where do you go? I think the, 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 the Conference League Because well. Philip was explaining to me how it works about if you get knocked out in the first round of the Champions League qualifiers, you then go straight into the Conference League, now, don't you? Now if, you knock, if you get knocked out from the Champions League, you go down to the Europa League and then the Conference League. That's, how, that's there's what three, There's the essentially three tiers, of, three tiers of European exactly. football. But yep, yeah, you know, fantastic, absolutely fantastic to watch go down. 
and um, and if if Nidacorn finish third, they they don't go into any league. So it's only the yeah. top. Uh, also, the, the 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 first goes to Champions League. Uh, second to fir- to third go to the Conference League. Okay. And if one of the top three wins the cup as well, then fourth goes to uh, conference as to well. the Conference League. Oh yeah, God. exactly. But yeah, Lux Cup, Lux Cup. And let's always Hasbrouch who are surprisingly out of the cup after getting defeated by Diffidence one 0 I think deep down we know their eyes are on something else. I think uh, I maybe. Think, uh, sorry, from part of my French, but they don't give a shit about it. I yes. Guess. Mm-hmm. After a late goal from Theo Brusco for Diffidence and their besties from F91 did launch win as well as they beat Peters three two in the tight game. In the Europe. Iron promotion duel between Luxem- FC Luxembourg City. I can't get over this name. FC Luxembourg City. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, and Mariska Mersch. It was Mersch who were the clear winner as they crushed the opponents six 0 Nidacon had to wait until extra time to defeat Rumelange, who got as many red cards as goals conceded as the game ended three one. I let you calculate three red cards from Rumelange. Vils and Rushing Racing show no problems against Hosadent. Berbush as they won 4-1 and 4-0. Mondov against Schwarzen ended 2-1. And Rosbach Fola 2-0 thanks to two very late goals from Steinbach and Brandenburger. And to wrap things up, we've got the first Women's League, fix, which I'm going to go a bit quickly. We've got the top game of the night was Jung Linster against Mama. And the winner was, uh, i let you guess, Mama. Mama. And quits quits question did Amy Thompson score obviously she scored twice no, uh, once once okay on, only bad, once bad night for yeah, me <laughs> uh, and Mama still keep themselves in total race even if the league is slowly coming to an end so they should slowly hope that Racing loses a game which they didn't against Vincher where they only won for nil and they've got they didn't. Ha- they don't have that many. Diffi- oh, okay. I I take back what I say. They've Racing still got L, Young Leinster, Wurmer, and Mama to play. Okay, they, Racing still have a, a difficult end of the season. But Dikiaj against Diffenos ended one 0 Anton VMG Red Black Egalité ended twelve one, and a draw between L and Betonburg as the game ended two two. That's it for today from the Football News. I'll give you the words, Scott and Nathan. Thank you, Anthony. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. I was actually, uh, it was nice to give you a bit of input as well about Bijoli. <laughs> Got a couple of quick bits I'm going to rattle through yeah, here. Obviously, this thing? weekend we had the Grand National, you know, arguably the most famous horse race Mate, in the world. you surprised me. This, yeah, this few, few stats for you. 118 people were, disrupt, uh, were arrested due to disruption. This is to do to uh, animal rights activists. And the start of the race was actually delayed by... 14 minutes it should have started at quarter past five didn't start for f- and, uh, until obviously 29 minutes past it was the 175th edition and it was won by Karash Rambler ridden by Darren Fox sorry Derek Fox the purse for it is 1 million Great British Pounds the winner Mate, takes home 561,300 pounds not bad for an afternoon's work is it steeplechase yes I will Go get on. into that in a second okay the Grand Nationals or National Horse Rate it's held Annually at Aintree up in Merseyside to Liverpool, if you're listening in. It was first run in uh, 1839 and it's called a handicap steeplechase. And it's over a distance of about four, ni- four miles, two and a half furlongs, um, with horses jumping 30 fences over the two laps. What does a handicap steeplechase mean, I hear you ask? Okay, a handicap is a race where the horse is allocated a weight based on its ability. So it's an attempt to try and equalise it for every... Um, for every race, you know. 6K. 
Yeah. I mean, that's... that's oh, they're the, machines, aren't they? Wow. Um, the handicaps can be run over the flat or over jumps. The steeplechase is obviously a horse race over a closed course with obstacles, hedges, walls, um, and they sometimes throw in a water jump as well. Um, obviously, the animal rights activists, there have actually been five fatalities from the 395 runners in the last 10 uh, Grand Nationals since, obviously, safety changes have come into it. Bookmakers that's are expected. Not so that's not so much, is it? Five um, fatalities. You don't, you don't Three know. Three out of four hundred horses going over six k. It's long. It's, it's a long race. Yeah. Um, the bookmakers expect to uh, see around one hundred and fifty million pounds wagered um, on the Grand National. Uh, boxing. Yeah, British mate. heavyweight Joe Joyce. Uh, he has taken a bit of a blip. He had a sixth round technical knockout to China's Zilail Zhang uh, at the London Copper Box Arena. Uh, yeah, he went down in the sixth round. Um, Joyce is thirty-seven, former Olympic civil, silver medalist, silver medalist, and was the mandatory challenger to Alexander Yusek for his WBO title. But now that will basically, I believe, that sees the roles reversed, and uh, the guy who beat him will now come into that. Um, earlier in the night, American Michaela Mayer moved a step closer to a potential super showdown with Ireland's undisputed lightweight champion Katie Taylor as she beat late replacement Lucy Wildheart on points. Wildheart stepped in. 24 hours before the fight. Fair play. Because Christina Linnar 2 failed a medical. Imagine failing the medical the day uh, the day of the fight. Also, I'm going to rattle off really quickly here. The Dallas Mavericks, I don't know if you saw what happened um, well, recently. They basically didn't put their strongest team out. They've been fined $750,000 by, uh, by the NBA for resting key players in a match. But they were in playoff contention, but they decided not to play them. There's another guy who plays for them, Luka Doncic. Um, he only played about 12 minutes, but the word is that they are trying to not make the playoffs. So that puts them in a better position for the draft so they can get a top 10 draft pick. What um, makes me laugh is they only they, they only lost 115 to 112. <laughs> they nearly won it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, but it's, you know, sort of shows how they're trying to run it like a business. Um, a lower finish in the overall standings would have boosted their hopes of signing the highly rated French teenager Victor Wabanyama. Um, is it such a big deal? I mean, we see it all the time when the youngsters are... I, I, first of all, I don't think it's such a big deal, but why don't you just play, why, why don't you just play your normal squad and then lose by, and, and lose 115, 112? Yeah. One one could argue it's pretty, fixed, easy, huh? pretty easy to do. Couple couple of um, just one more to finish on. Obviously, the women's Six Nations. So this is the first year where it's been done as a standalone tournament. Okay, um, England obviously pumped Wales. Not played at the Principality though. Played on the back pitches. Okay, Ireland went down twenty four seven, and France were hosting Scotland. I don't have the result. I'll dig it out later. As I said, this is the first year it's a standalone tournament. Um, well, would, you, would you rather see it standalone? Or, or I personally think. Uh, this isn't fair. I don't want to. I, I would run it in tandem yeah, with me, the men's. Me so me if the too. men's were playing, I would, it, I would mix it up. I would kick off the ladies before the men's after. I'll change yep. it up. Get those people down to watch two matches instead of one. Got your under twenties the night before. I think. Yeah. I think there's too. Hitters. I think there's too much international sport at the moment. That's take away nothing from the women's game. We talk about cricket all the time with that sort of stuff, don't we? Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously the big one is that they're going to play their final match at Twickenham, which is a standalone fixture on the 29th of April. They've already 
already sold 40,000 tickets Whoa. for the could match. Could be the biggest match ever. It could or, be. Or the biggest... biggest match record ever was 42,000 people um, at last year's World Cup final when they lost uh, narrowly yeah. to New Zealand. Okay, just before we finish off with the show on Wednesday, we will be ripping into the volleyball because we have the finals of Strass and Bertrange and Volfa Mamet with the women and the handball. We've also go through round six of ten in the men and round seven in the women. Uh, basketball, we've got both men and women, best of five, five, uh, best of five series, Steinzel and Ash. I know they've played their first game on the weekend, and as, as well as Dudelang and uh, Grunewald, the heated match. Let's the rematch. Say. Also, Chris Leash, he, um, he had a superb performance in uh, the 24-hour moto in Le Mans. Obviously, we go through all the regulars, the ice hockey, rugby, squash, touch hockey. It's all there. So that will be our wrap on Sunday. As always, thank you to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick. Thank you to our guests from the world of esports. Thank you to Anthony Perens for the BGL League Roundup. You can check out the regulars tomorrow from Sam Steen at 6 o'clock. You've got Step, Stephen Lowe from 12 o'clock with the Lunchbox and Melissa from 3pm. Um, and um, Dave Burrows with the DB3 sessions as always. Um, Jordan Hicks isn't coming in on Wednesday oh, because we've got to reschedule Because he'll it. be playing his match exactly, in the basketball. Exactly, so he sends his apologies. But we will get someone in. Um, until then, it's Cher. Cher. Sure. Sure.